is Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz too Christian for his own locker room? And how does becoming like the world make young people want to know Christ? Oh, and what on earth is going on with Kanye West? Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Now, there are two kinds of people in the world, only two kinds, not black and white, not rich and poor. There are those who are dead in sin, and there are those who are dead to sin. After three nights of unbridled lawlessness across London, the contagion is spreading. The problem is that God has already judged this. He has judged murder already. I don't need to question it. I don't need to ask and wonder what his plan is. We're commanded as Christians not to participate in the works of darkness, but expose them. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's show, we're going to be dealing with a number of interesting topics. I'm sure at least the Kanye West one. (laughs) A lot of people have been sending Good Fight Ministries a lot of questions about what's going on there, what we think, sending us videos, pro against telling us uh, what we should think about it. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on the episode, but I'm going to start this off because I was listening to sports radio the other day. And typically I'll flip it on as we're going around our, our day or I'm driving from the gym or something. And Sometimes I like what I hear, and sometimes I'm just like, oh, I'd rather just listen to some worship. Uh, and But this time was nice because the Cowboys had happened to have really just annihilated the Eagles on a Monday night game. And so it's a little easier to listen to <laughs> sports radio when your team has won that week. And uh, what was going on there is they were trying to discuss what's going on in this Eagles locker room. And, and guys, normally I wouldn't just talk sports. I mean, we've brought it up a lot here. But this is because it's cultural. This is in the news. And guys, this is why people still probably watch... Uh, live TV. It's probably one of the only things people watch live anymore um, because that, and that's why they make so much money is because who's watching, you know, television shows live. They're recording them or buy, watching them on Netflix or something. And you have the advertising there. And so sports channels are ad nauseum and most people are paying hundreds of dollars a month for their sports packages. So it's stuff that we want to deal with, especially when we have guys that are very outspoken about their faith. And Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz has been extremely outspoken about his faith. And it's actually been an awesome thing to see. And a number of the guys on his team have been very outspoken, um, that they love Jesus. You see him um, very frequently praying in the middle of the field after a game, whether win or lose. And you see a lot of really great things coming out of there. And even the head coach as well, uh, being a believer. And the guy who actually won them the Super Bowl, Nick Foles, um, a couple years ago, he was very outspoken as a believer. So when they were talking about on the Will Kane show, and I was planning on playing the clip, but I went to his podcast, could not find the clip for you guys, but I'll try to summarize it as best as I can. Ken, but on ESPN Radio here, on the Will Kane show, he they were trying to figure out what on earth is going on in the Eagles locker room. It seems like there's a lot of turmoil. It seems like some of the wide receivers aren't too happy with the quarterback, who a lot of people see as a very, very extremely talented quarterback. So what's going on? So Will Kane had a guy named Emmanuel Ocho on the team. And Emmanuel played a little bit for the Cowboys, used to work on their, uh, on some of their shows on their website. And I didn't know much about him, in all honesty, except I knew he had professed to be a believer. And normally this wouldn't even pique my interest, but it was something that happened in the exchange in the questioning. And what happened was Will Kane asked Emmanuel Ocho, do you believe, because he had heard murmurs, do you believe, and he also caveated this with the coach Mark Jackson, 
if you guys remember from the Golden State Warriors who built that franchise up to be a fantastic team, they were nothing really, built them up and was very outspoken about his faith. Um, he... And apparently, according to one of his own players, he's been blackpiled by the NBA because he's too Christian. And so <laughs> uh, that's what piques my interest. And so they were bringing that up in the sense that do you think it rubs people the wrong way that Carson Wentz is so open about his faith? This was such an important question. Emmanuel Ocha said, hey, I'm supposed to be off pretty much and we're going to go to a commercial break, but I'll come back because I really, really want to answer this question for you. And basically, he caveated it by saying, I am the son of a pastor, Emmanuel Ocho, the guy who was asked, is Carson Wentz too Christian? Is he too outgoing about his faith? And he said, hey, I'm just going to let you know. And they asked him about the different leadership styles of Nick Foles, who now plays for another team, and Carson Wentz. And he said, Carson's a great guy, you know, because he actually played with Nick Foles, and I think he was there for Carson's rookie year. And he was talking about how when he got to the team for the Eagles, Nick Foles, who's a strong believer, outspoken believer, uh, told him, hey, he called him and let him know, hey, you could come move into my place, you know, until you figure out if you made the team. And if you make the team, you know, you get your house. And he let him live there uh, with him and how he really was a legitimate believer, read read, uh, read the word. And I guess Emmanuel Ocho actually led the Bible studies uh, for a lot of the young men there on the team. And so you would think, oh, this is great. This is awesome. And I thought it was. And he was talking about how Nick Foles, he said, every time he wakes up, he he opens up his Bible app to read and he sees Nick Foles has read this chapter, this chapter, this chapter every day. I'm like, man, that, I mean, to me personally, when it comes to the fruit of a believer, a lot of times their love for the word, I think it's part of regeneration. You have a love for God's word that comes into your heart, uh, you know, because God is the one who, the Anastasi, God breathed it onto paper. So we have a love for his word and we, we want to dig into it. Uh, Psalm chapter one gives us the example of two men uh, and completely diametrically opposed to one another in terms of their end. <laughs> okay. One is the man who bears fruit in its season because he meditates on God's word day and night and he's like the tree planted against the water. The other man is not. He hangs out with scoffers, he does his thing, and guess what? He blows off with a mere wind blow, okay? So we get these different things. Psalm 119, I always tell people, go, if you want to meditate on Scripture, go read Psalm 119, and then you'll want to meditate on more Scripture, okay? And I, and I think that should be our heart. So I was really encouraged by that. I was like, that's awesome. But then he said this, and this one really bothered me, not about Nick Foles, but about more about Emmanuel Ocho and whatever he was trying to get across, uh, because what he said was, you know, because they were like, this guy's really Christian and he's outspoken. Is that the problem? Because he's so outspoken. And basically he was like, no, Nick Foles is really outspoken about his faith too. And the real problem, he said, was that some guys won't go out to the club with you on Friday. He's like, you go to church on Sunday, but can you go with the team on Friday? And that's where I have a problem. That's a problem that I have. You see, the reason I have a problem with that, because scripture has a problem with that, okay? That if you're going to play, oh, I'm a believer, I'm a believer, but I'm different on Friday, I'm different on Saturday, I'm different every other day of the week, okay? I'll just be a believer when I, when I read, I'm a believer, and I'm going to have this separate identity. You know, Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, that he's died, he's dead, he's alive in Christ, but he's dead. It's no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. You see, you become somebody new. That is what the promise is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, that you become a new creation, okay? That we are different from the outside world, okay? If you were struck by lightning, 
That is an immense amount of charge, amount of energy, and I will guarantee you will look different if you were struck by lightning. If God comes and meets you where you are and changes who you are, there's going to be an effect that other people see. In fact, Peter talks about this in the very mentioning of the word apologetics. When we talk about apologetics, giving a defense for the faith in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it is so abundantly clear that guess what? Not only should we be ready to give a defense, but why should we be ready? Because we have a hope within us. There is something in each and every believer that should cause other people to say, why are you different? But Peter doesn't stop there. In 1 Peter 4, he tells us another way that people marvel at us. And I have to give, give a little of the context in verses 1 and 2 before we get to 3, what I want to talk about. It says, therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose, because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. So what does that look like? Verse three, for the time has already passed, it's sufficient for you to have carried out the desires of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of sensuality, lusts, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and other abominable idolatries. In all of this, they are surprised that you do not run with them into the same excesses of dissipation and they malign you. Do you see that? When you don't walk in the same lust, when you're not the same guy that's looking at porn, when you're not the same guy cheating on your wife, when you're not the same guy doing all the dirty deeds of the non-believer, they not only marvel, they not only wonder, they also should malign you. That's what it should look like. You should be maligned for not following in these ways. You should be looked at and say, what on earth? You know, John Wesley in his commentary on 1 Peter 4, chapter 3 said, have these words any meaning now? They had 1,700 years ago. Then the former meant meetings to eat, meetings, the direct end of which was to please the taste, the latter meets to drink both of which Christians then ranked with abominable idolatries. When did we stop ranking these things? Being just like the world, going out and drinking with the rest of them, going out and getting drunk with the drunkards. When did we stop looking at these things as abominable idolatries? When did we stop looking at these things for the point and purpose of getting drunk, going out to the bars with the buds, and turn that from an abominable idolatry to just commonplace in the Christian realm. Isn't that sad that if you don't walk in that way, you're questioned on ESPN radio whether that's why your team can't win an NFL championship because you're not out with the buds on Friday. That should never be a question, and I find it to be a joke. Okay, Now, I'm going to look at Will Kane, who hosts the show, and I'm not going to say, oh, look at you. Come on, get it together. You shouldn't be asking this question. It's a fine question to ask for a non-believer. I don't know where he stands. It certainly doesn't sound like it, <laughs> that he's a believer. Um, but I have no idea. i got to be honest with you. Uh, but when it comes to Emmanuel Ocho, i got to ask him, what does he mean by that? When he says that he was going to the club on Friday, can he, can he go in, uh, to church on Sunday? What does he mean by that? Is he one of these people 
that are that are that are, that are being talked about in First Peter four. Hey, that time's passed. You're saved now. You have a Jesus that walked a perfect life, and guess what? The Bible says that you have been predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. That is our promise from God that we will become more and more and more like Jesus as we grow in Him. That He, we will continue to know His Word, continue to trust in Him, and we will not be like the hypocrite. This is something that has bothered me for a very, very long time. Okay. I cannot stand when people say really dumb things, okay? All right? I remember there was a video that went viral online, and the, the main premise was Jesus hated religion. Jesus hated religion, and because Jesus hated religion, you should hate it too, basically. I, I, you know, I don't have no idea what he was talking about. That, this was just, that, that was Jesus' main goal, to show you how terrible religion is. And I'm like, no. When I read the scriptures, I read about Jesus hating hypocrites. Okay, those are the ones he was the harshest with. In fact, let's read some scripture in Matthew chapter 15. It says, you hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, the people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You see, these also Jesus called whitewashed tombs. People that on the surface, maybe they have a nice Bible verse in their Twitter profile. Maybe they post verses. Maybe they talk about Jesus to their friends, but they're cheating on their wives. They're looking at porn. They're getting drunk on the weekends. They're doing dirty things. They're swindlers when it comes to their finances. Okay? These are not appropriate acts of the believer. And I thought that would be a good transition, guys, to something, and I and I just want to speak from the heart here, as somebody, I've been involved in, in youth leadership now for going on eight years or so. And something that I'm telling you not just bothers me until in terms of a righteous anger <laughs> that happens, but in all honesty, this is something that's brought tears to my heart is the, the phoniness, okay? The fake Christianity. That has been a big stumbling block for me. And for you guys, I've shared my testimony a number of times and I just did it in Texas. But one of the big reasons for that is because I was affected dramatically from watching hypocrisy. Okay. Um, a lot of you guys know I had a, as my testimony goes, uh, one night while I had, you know, a lot of things, I thought I was an awesome guy and I was having these big parties. And one night I had a lot of people over and then went to church in the morning and the same people that were partying, I was a non-believer clearly. And the same people that were partying with me and drinking and doing every horrible thing that we were doing debaucherous of a debaucherous nature, the same people were there at the church on Sunday. And that was when I decided at that time that I was going to harden my heart towards God and that I was going to say, God, not only do you not exist, but I hate you. And it was the hypocrisy that led me to that feeling and led me for a number of years into atheism, um, which is, you know, for me, it was just being stupid on purpose because I wanted to suppress the truth and unrighteousness. I wanted to do my unrighteous deeds and practice them. Um, and those young people that I saw that I was friends with that were at the church on Sunday after partying with me. Okay. Granted, talk about a hypocrite. I was the one sitting there next to him, but, um, I mean, I really was a non-believer at the time. And, you know, you look at that and I look back at that and I see that. And then I see why it happens. And I'm not saying no church is perfect. If you find a perfect church, you better leave because you'll ruin it. Okay. But, when I walk into churches and I see that and then I hear the preaching and it's not preached against and there's no warnings, 
um, I see that orthodoxy leads, leads to orthopraxy. Bad doctrine leads to bad living. And as a young person, when all you're told, and guys, I can tell you one of the most frustrating things, I got to be honest with you, is to go to high school and hear somebody give a gospel message with half a gospel, okay? To go to events for young men and women and hear half gospel message given, okay? There's no need of repentance. There's no need of turning from a life of sin into a life of righteousness and following after God. And, you know, it's heartbreaking because all you do Okay, I want to I want to paint a picture here for you. Okay, I was a non-believer, and I would go to the youth group thing uh, in junior high, and basically my friends and I were going there to hang out with girls. We were finding cute girls to hang out with. Okay, that's why we were there, hang out with our friends. We got to hang out late because we were at church, right? Um, and didn't hear much of a gospel throughout those years. Okay, don't ever remember. Uh, sitting down and hearing the gospel, having someone counsel me in any way, shape, or form. And I went fairly consistency, consistently on uh, Wednesday nights. And then, guys, um, a lot of times they'd have, you know, these giant little parties, you know. And as a young kid in junior high, that's okay. But guess what happens when I'm invited to a real party? And, I, it, you know, and you don't have the life. You're not connected to the Savior, Okay, you don't, you don't, you're not being preached holiness and how we're supposed to yearn to be like Jesus. You're not being taught to come to him and you're not being taught that these wicked things that the world has to offer will only bring destruction and you're not warned about those things. And guess what happens, guys? I'm telling you this right now because it's something that's happening here in, in locale and in a lot of places. For example, I know that they have events that people go to on, um, you know, after football games at churches. And Lady Gaga's played and secular music is played and everyone's bumping and grinding. And let me be honest with you, most of this is pretty much sex with clothes on is the kind of dancing that's going on. And it's happening in churches and people are thinking, yes, we're sharing the gospel. We're sharing the gospel as you have young men and women under 18 dry humping on your dance floor and then making out outside and Lord knows what else. Okay. And this is supposed to be the gospel. I had non-believers go to those events and text me, coach. This is when I was still coaching. I'm not coaching this year as best as I try not to. I was just at a tournament on Saturday coaching. but um, And I had them texting me, coach, you know they play a bunch of secular music? We've never even let, you've never even let secular music get played at, <laughs> at practice. And I'm like, yeah, of course not. Um, because I, the devil's, he's not, the devil's not sitting back as you listen to these lyrics, as these lyrics are channeled by a lot of these artists, okay, with the bumping and grinding and the music, you know, promising things that God's word would never promise, okay, and guess what? They're not sitting there and the devil's looking back like, man, I wish I would have thought about those lyrics. Those would have been really good to get people's hearts, to get young people's hearts, to get them feeling a certain way, okay? And let me be honest with you. These are diet parties, okay? That's all they are. They're diet parties. Maybe there's no alcohol there, but it's in the cars outside. Maybe there's no weed there, but it's in the cars outside. Okay? And all they are are diet parties. Eventually, they'll do what my friends and I did. We would show up to where they had their private parties for the private school, Christian school in Simi, and we would show up in the back and pick people up to leave them to go to a real party. And then we would bring them back to their diet party after they had drunk and done all the stupid things they shouldn't be doing. Okay? Because these diet parties are only so fun for so long. Okay? So, guess what happens? 
eventually they go for the real thing. And eventually, just like sin, it's so deceptive, eventually they're hooked. And that's what they're doing. Okay? Because they're not given a real gospel, they're not given a promise, and they're not given the warnings. Paul said he gave both the kindness and severity of God to people, and because of that, he was free of the blood of all men. When you, as a young, as a youth pastor, when you as a youth leader, or as a pastor, let's talk about congregations, do not warn about sin. When you look exactly like the world, don't think you're going to bring people to Christ. I can tell you, as a 21-year-old man who came to Christ right, right at 21, or two weeks before I turned 21, if I came to church and everyone was the exact same that they were in the world, I would have went home, Okay? That's what I would have done because I'm not coming for the same thing in a diet form. I'm coming for transformation of the gospel. I'm coming to know that, guess what? I'm listening to a preacher that has dedicated his life to know the word of God and to communicate it properly to me, not in some story format and tell me some fun story and link a a gospel verse to it. I want to know Jesus. I want to know God. I want to know how to walk in his truth. Read the book of Ephesians. You have three chapters of doctrine, of doctrine. Then you have three chapters of the Christian life and living. That is what messages should look like. When we go back to the scriptures and preach them to people, that's what brings life. Your stupid story won't do it. It's the gospel. It's Isaiah 46, 10, that when the gospel is preached, that that Jesus is different, that God is different, okay? That he tells the end from the beginning. And also, guess what? That when his word goes out, it never comes back void. Your silly story and your comedic act up there comes back void. The hypocrisy comes back void. I went to a wedding up in Northern California where the youth pastor gave the message and it lasted all of about four minutes, okay? A wedding ceremony where a chance to share the gospel and the whole thing lasted about four minutes. I've never been to a quicker wedding service, okay? And then I figured out why. Because the open bar in the back. And guess who was wasted drunk visiting over and over at the bar to get more shots, more beers, more wine, over and over. Like, no wonder you're not ready to preach the gospel. And praise God you didn't, in all honesty. I would hate for somebody to hear a gospel message from somebody like that and for you to be sitting there drunk at a table. And then I was told, after I asked, what is going on? Who's going to talk to this guy? You know, I'm like, this is ridiculous. They said, you should have saw him last night. This is the kind of stuff that's going on, guys. This is the kind of nonsense that's, that's put forth to our young people. Do you not realize that Paul told Timothy to watch his life and his doctrine, and in doing, those, doing so, he will save who? Himself and those who hear him. Okay? We want to make sure that what we're preaching, one, is the truth of God's word, and that what we're doing is not being playing the hypocrite. God didn't hate religion, okay? Pure religion, undefiled religion is what? Taking care of orphans and widows, right? Guess what, guys? Guess what? We want to make sure that we're not only doing the real work of the gospel with our hands, but we're preaching it properly and we're watching our lives. That we do as Philippians 2.12 said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That we look to God and say, wait a second, 
You lived a holy, a perfect life. I'm supposed to arm myself with the same mind as 1 Peter 4 says. I'm not supposed to be out getting drunk. If you think that going out to the club will get you a Super Bowl, okay, because you now show you're one of the dudes, and that's one of the things Will Cain said on the show. He said, uh, I forget what the context was, but he was talking about, well, are they a dude, you know? Can you play with them? Are they a dude? And they were like talking about women too. And he said, well, is she a dude? It doesn't matter if she's a girl. She's a dude. Can they hang out with us? Okay. I'm not saying to make yourself purposely a weirdo. Okay. What I'm talking about is make sure that they can malign you for walking in holiness. And I ask you in your own walk, in your own walk with Christ. Okay. It's one thing to say, I'm a Christian. A lot of people, I know that now it's a little harder to accept, but you say, I'm a Christian, but I, and tell me this, if you've shared the gospel with people or especially at work or anything, oh, well, that guy's a Christian and he says, or he does, and he does this. Okay. You say, yeah, but what does the word of God say? What is your standard? Okay. What is my standard? How do I go back and say, I don't do those things because X, Y, Z. And I'll tell you this. From my work, I worked at Lowe's for a number of years. I used to do, uh, basically build all the displays Monday through Friday. It was a nice little gig. And I remember I had one guy who was, I mean, he would always come at me with some hard questions and he would always come at me and ask me um, and, and ridicule a little bit, you know, and I'm fine with being mocked. But, you know, he said to me one time when I gave him an answer, I said, well, you know, I think that it says, the Bible says this, the Bible says, he said, the one thing I care about, Chad, is that I've asked other Christians and they tell me, well, I think, well, it may say that, but I think he's like, you always say, well, the Bible says this. And he's like, I respect that because you actually know why you are, what you're practicing and why you're practicing it. I'm like, yeah, because I got a risen savior who said it's true, <laughs> you know? And, um, and I, and we had, we had a lot of long talks and, and, you know, um, not to go down that rabbit trail too long, but even though he was probably one of the mo- most mocking guys, one of the guys who would come on me strongest when it came to my faith, uh, pounding the table sometimes, uh, <laughs> he would, not me, uh, in the in our break room, you know, in disagreement. He, when something happened in his life, I was the first person he came to and he said, I know God won't hear my prayers. Will you pray for me? You know, uh, and that was something that always impacted me in my walk with Christ. And which brings me to another note, Kanye West. Um, you know, a lot of people, guys, have been sending us questions. A lot of people have asking, please tell us, what do you think about Kanye West? What's going on? And so I'm here on this show to advertise Good Fight Radio, okay? I'm letting you know that Monday and Tuesday, we will be talking about Kanye West. We'll be, we've, Tony, myself, Joe, we've all been listening. I've, we've been watching interviews since his supposed April conversion when he said he came to, came to Christ, okay? And we want to talk about not only where we feel he's at, you know, just as an opinion, all right? But also some pitfalls that he may fall into if, he's, if his conversion is true. Um, and, and just take a look at some of the things he said, uh, some of the things other people have said. And so I don't want to go too deep into that because I don't have enough time. But I wanted to talk about the hypocrisy of liberals. Okay, but don't don't get me wrong. I I know this this entire show has been about hypocrisy, and a lot of it is hypocrisy in the so-called Christian realm. And I, I went through Twitter and, and seeing some of that stuff was absolutely uh, mind-boggling sometimes. But I wanted to talk about what happens with guys like Trevor Noah, 
okay? Because Kanye, in an interview, talked about how terrible some of this music is and how Democrats are effectively forcing blacks to abort their children, something that we have talked about at length. In fact, um, if you check out our expose on Planned Parenthood, you can get on goodfight.org. You can see 100%. That's a fact. Margaret Singer was trying and has done a pretty good job of killing black people. Okay, and that's what that's a lot of what she has done. But uh, he brought this up and he talked about, you know, people, you know, a lot in the rap scene are always talking about, you know, sleeping with this woman, sleeping with that one. Okay, and it's a Fox News article I'm reading from and they bleep out. And I will warn Kanye West is cussing in that in the interview that they linked to. So I wouldn't suggest anyone clicking on it unless you're ready to hear that, I guess. But um, this is what Noah or I'm sorry. (laughs) This is what uh, Trevor Noah of The Daily Show had to say. He said, he's focused, uh, he said uh, in a recent interview that, are you blanking me, Kanye West? (laughs) You're going to tell other people about this? You're going to tell people? And basically he's calling him a hypocrite. And I was talking to my wife today. And I said, you know, it's really funny. You know, I don't know where Kanye's at and, you know, and all that. But, and we'll talk a little bit more on the show. But it's funny, when I came to Christ, I had people say the same thing. When I shared the gospel, I had someone write on my Facebook page, Chad, you're the, you were the dirtiest, you know, mother blanker that I'd ever heard of. And now you're going to tell people about Jesus? Blank this, you know? And I'm like, yeah, isn't it so funny how unforgiving? You never cared when I was saying that <laughs> as a non believer. But as soon as I say, hey, man, we, I, I'm a sinner. Praise God, I've been saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. As soon as you're warning people about those things, you know, no one ever comes against, typically comes against the gangbanger who comes out and says, guys, we got to get these kids off the streets. Okay. But you become holy and you want to know the Lord or you start calling it out and saying, hey, dude, look at these. They're killing black babies. Okay. You, hey guys, check this out. This music's from Satan, whatever it is. People are going to call you out and look at the hypocrisy, the unforgiveness you know, it's such a phoniness, man. And let's not be phony. Let's make sure we care and we're, we are forgiving and we do love and we look at people and we recognize they are in need of Jesus and we're always in need of more and more Jesus. This has been Chad Davidson and this is the 511.